So where do we go from this? Well, I want to encourage you again on the theme that I've been going on, and that is the fact that God lives in you. And because he lives in you, that changes everything about you and what you're able to do. So I want to carry on on that theme. Jesus said this, oh, Father, first, um, Father, we thank you. You know, we're not abandoned. We're not here in this crazy world, trapped or, or meant to live oppressed and under fear. But rather, Father, we have you who loves us, who has a plan for us, and you have sent your Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, you live in us. You dwell in us. Every aspect of what heaven has is wrapped up in you and you dwell in us. Help us to understand the wonder and the opportunity that it brings to our lives, Lord, of you dwelling in us. In Jesus' name, amen. So Jesus said this in John chapter 14, uh, 16 through to 18. I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. You have a forever helper. You don't have a fear with a friend and God dwelling in you and then leaving you. You have a helper sent from God, the Holy Spirit that is there, lives in you, abides in you, dwells in you, empowers you, and he helps you. Hallelujah. That he may be with you forever. Verse 17. That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not know him or uh, does not see him or know him. But you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. To that point when Jesus was talking to his uh, 12 men who, were, who would fall down to 11 men, that no longer was God going to be near or sitting, seating, seated in heaven. He was going to dwell in them. So the Holy Spirit... When you become a Christian, you have a thing called a born-again experience. Your spirit is born, and the kingdom of heaven then is activated to live in your life, and God, by his Holy Spirit, dwells in you. So I'm going to build a little picture, remind you of some stuff I've said, and then I want to get you to understand the, the possibilities that your life has, and we as a church together, and you as individuals. Hallelujah. And as Greg said... We base what we do from God's word. If you're in bondage in your life or if you're struggling or if you're, you're trapped, there are answers that will lead you to freedom through God's word. Hallelujah. Rightio. Uh, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 3, verse 16, a well-known scripture. Paul is talking to the Corinthian church. The Corinthian church was at the center of, of the then known world in many, many ways. Corinth, we had the pleasure of going to Corinth, so I'm going to use my little trip that we had to go to Corinth. Corinth was an amazing city. It was very central to the then known world. And yet, they needed to be reminded of something. Paul the Apostle says this to them. Do you not know that you are the temple of God? And that the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, some of us have been on the road a long time. Some of us have been serving God many years, and some of us are new. Some of us are not yet on that journey. I encourage you to get on that journey of the journey of God. But friends, we need to be reminded in the age that we live that we have God dwelling in us. 
You do not need to travel to Jerusalem to find God. You do not need to go and bathe yourself in the dirty Ganges River in order to find God, my friends. No, simply through Jesus Christ dying on the cross and you accepting him as your saviour, the spirit of God comes to dwell in you. He lives in you. God's plan is actually locked up in you through the Holy Spirit. He dwells. So I'm reminding you of that. Your future is dependent, and our future as a church is dependent on us understanding God dwells in us. Hallelujah. Can I have an amen? Okay. John 10, 27. Uh, Jesus talking. He's talking about sheep. He's talking about uh, the devil. He's talking about the promise that he came to bring life and life in abundance. So in the context of talking about that stuff, he says this in John 10, 27. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and, uh, and they follow me. Think about it. Jesus is talking about to those that are his, right? Remember, the Holy Spirit dwells in us. How does Jesus talk to us? He talked to us not because he turns the volume up from heaven and goes, Greg, Greg. No, there is an inner voice that Jesus talks to us through the Holy Spirit and it is strongly connected to following and being led. And it is dependent on listening. He dwells in us. God wants to guide us. He wants to lead you. He wants you to follow Him. And He goes into dialogue with us through the Holy Spirit speaking to us. You with me? So we need to be a church and a people and individuals on a journey where we are in dialogue with the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. He wants to communicate more to us. The world desperately needs, and last week I said the world needs us. Why does it need us? Because God dwells in us. Hallelujah. He didn't dwell in us just to be a passenger and you live your life the way you want to do, you know, and he just sits beside you and, oh, it's a good ride, Greg, or good ride, you know. He wants to be deeply involved in the direction and future of your life. Hallelujah. Jesus said, my sheep listen to me and they follow me. Hallelujah. This morning, my theme is to be people who are led by the Spirit of God. Now, many of us live life and we can be led by our past. We can be led by the influences of the world. We can be led by our parents. We can be led by the voice of those around us. But the Christian is meant to be a person that is not led by circumstance, not led by their past, not led by what the world says. No, rather, we are meant to be people that are in dialogue with the Holy Spirit. Again, I'm I'm talking about this thing about communication with God and Him talking to us, that we are meant to be led by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Pentecost, the Holy Spirit comes down to the earth. Jesus had to go to be with the Father. 
He sent the Spirit who came and dwelt in and amongst the early church. Note some scriptures out of, first of all, with Jesus. Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. You guys don't have these, so don't worry about it. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Even Jesus, when he came to the earth, had a pattern of being led by the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 8, verse 29. Then the Spirit said to Philip, go up and join this chariot. Philip was doing his thing, and then the Holy Spirit, the voice from within, spoke to Philip to get run beside a chariot with an Ethiopian on it, and then he got invited into the chariot. How did he know to be there at that moment? Because the Holy Spirit led Philip, led by the Spirit. Acts chapter 10, verse 19. While Peter was reflecting on the vision that, sorry, while Peter was reflecting on the vision, the Spirit said to him, behold, three men are looking for you, but get up, go downstairs and accompany them without misgivings, for I have sent them myself. Again, a very dramatic moment, but it began with being led by the Holy Spirit. If we want to change the world, if we want to impact our community, if you want your life to impact those around you, to impact your children, to impact your marriage, to impact Uh, The people in your job, my friend, a key to it, it is being a person who hears the voice of the Holy Spirit within and follows it. Acts 13 verse 2, while they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work of to which I have called them. Interesting too, this one. This is a group of people who are running church and they're a leadership team and then they in consensus hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. So what I'm saying to you is sometimes the Holy Spirit will not just speak to you, but it'll speak to a group of people that you're involved with and there will be a consensus because the Holy Spirit does not bring confusion. And see, for us as a church and for us as leadership, and for anybody in leadership, friends, there is a, an ability to jointly hear the voice of God. That's why this morning Darren got up and Greg got up because each of them have separately been saying, God, what do you want me to say? But there is a consensus because, friends, the Holy Spirit will speak to us all. Hallelujah. Great power in consensus. Great power in unity. That's why so many churches get, unit, get attacked to bring disunity. Our prayers this morning at our prayer meeting, God, let there be a spirit of unity in this place. What is unity? Friends, we are, when we are in consensus with listening to the spirit together. Hallelujah. There's heaps of Acts scriptures, but that'll do. Being led by the spirit, the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 8. This is my core scripture. Romans chapter 8, 14 through to 17. Quite an amazing scripture. For as many are for as for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Verse 15, for, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of 
of adoption, of, of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Verse 16, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children of God, then heirs of God. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. And here's the tail bit, which is a bit of a twister. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified with him. I'll just cover that last tail end bit. Part of being a Christian, part of being led by the Holy Spirit as friends, at times there's going to be a bit of pain involved. At times you're going to become the uh, target of criticisms and difficulties and attacks of the enemy. So being led by the Spirit, in fact, has a cost. And if you think being a Christian is, is, you know, um, a garden of roses, well, you're wrong. But it is the most amazing adventure you could ever live life doing. But you will suffer some pain. Wake up. Stop asking, why is this happening to me? You know, boo-hoo-hoo. Toughen up. As Karen said, have a cup of concrete. Hallelujah. She's crazy. How can you have a cup of concrete? I don't know. She's nuts. Okay. So think about it. The Holy Spirit was sent to lead us. Think about it. The Holy Spirit... The spirit, the breath of God, the pneuma breath of God, the creative transforming power of God that comes and lives in me, wants to communicate with me to lead me on a path. So what that means, my friends, is that you are being taken somewhere. Where you are right now and where we are as a church right now is not where we're meant to stay. You see, you can't lead someone somewhere if they're going to stay there. So there is a purpose and a, and a, um, a mission statement, I suppose, of the Holy Spirit that where you are now, he wants to take you somewhere. Now, sometimes he wants to take you somewhere in the sense of a location. It might be a physical location. But often, my friends, it is some kind of internal journey that the Holy Spirit wants to lead you through. Because where you are inside right now at the moment is not where you're meant to be. Yes, you're here now, of course. But, you know, Christianity, being led by the Spirit, is not a stagnant journey. It is a journey of transformation and change. So that's quite cool. Because there is more for your life. Because why? He wants to lead you somewhere. And for what I understand, where he leads us to may have a bit of suffering, may have a bit of pain, but it is better than where you are now. Hallelujah. He wants to take you somewhere. Now, I'm not, I'm not that clever. But I know, because I've learned, that if he's taking me somewhere, I need to leave something behind. Because you can't go somewhere if you stay where you are. You can't go somewhere if you stay where you are. And this is a message for us as a church. Friends, we are not meant to stay where we are. We're not meant to rest back on our laurels and say, well, all good. 
This is not where we're meant to stay. Vision is the ability to see forward to where you're meant to go. Hallelujah. But here's the thing. What are you meant to leave behind? What are we meant to leave behind as a church? What are you meant to leave behind as an individual? There was a time in our lives when we lived in New Zealand and the Holy Spirit was talking to us about leaving our physical location in order to go to where he was calling us because that was part of the plan of being led by the Spirit. So it can be leaving a physical location. But often it's an internal thing. So here's the thing. Let's think about the internal thing going on in your world at the moment. Question is, what does he want you to leave behind? And what's going on inside you at the moment? In fact, here's another question, because I like questions. What's actually leading you at the moment? What's leading you? What's influencing you right now? Maybe it's your health, because you're feeling like crap. Maybe sometimes people want to leave relationships because they're a bit hard. Got to be careful with that because if you're married, you're not meant to leave it. You're meant to walk through it. But what's leading you? I've got to say, for me, my mind can be all over the place sometimes. Who said that? Sometimes my mind can be listening to voices it should not be listening to. Sometimes there is thinking going inside my head that is not where God wants me to stay and he's wanting me to change how I'm thinking because it's causing me damage and it's holding me back. But it's not like you guys. I know as a leader that man, it is so important how you think and that the devil wants you to get your head down here when God wants it up there. You know? And to go forward, sometimes we've got to start realizing I'm listening to the wrong voice. The voice of disappointment, the voice of failure, the voice of hurt, the voice of no hope. The voice of my life doesn't matter. Well, that ain't actually the Holy Spirit, friend. Stop listening to it. Hallelujah, with me? So to be led... That means God's taking you somewhere and my experience is it's better than where I am. And it's also my experience that I have to leave something behind in order to move forward to where he's going to take me. And often it's recognizing I've been listening to the wrong voice inside of me. Hallelujah. And I said, like I said, friend, never before... Has the world been in need of being led the right way? Never before have children been under attack by confusion and foolishness and stupidity that there needs to be a voice that is more clearer and more hopeful and full of truth that can lead our children. And if you are a parent, friend, you must listen to the right voice like never before. Because 
He wants to lead us. He doesn't want to lead you to trouble. Hallelujah. See, watch this. Oh, my God. Time. Damn. It says this. Romans 8, 15. Part of that Romans 8 package. Romans 8 is a fantastic chapter, too. I've got to tell you. You should read it in its whole entirety. Romans 8, 15 says, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. Really interesting. Because fear is a little sneaky thing. Do you know that more than likely, there are people here that are being led by fear. Fear that leads them. What am I talking about? People make bad decisions. Here's an example. I'm lonely and I fear I will never find a life partner. And because of that, people have been led by fear to make the, the most terrible decisions and settling for the wrong person. Fear can be very, very sneaky how it leads us. Here's another example. Remember, you did not receive the spirit of bondage through fear or connected to fear. Christianity, the Holy Spirit, is not leading us through fear. But I, I know, man, I've seen it in my life. I remember uh, when we were trying to bring up a family. And, you know, it was this fear within me of not having enough. And God was calling me to be a generous person. But there was a fear within me that was causing me not to be a generous person. Yet the Holy Spirit was saying, friend, generosity, if, God, if I lead you, it's part about generosity because generosity creates a flow from heaven. You understand what I'm saying? See, there are a lot of people who are trapped because they fear they won't have enough, so they don't understand that part of God's journey, part of the leading of God is to have a generous spirit. And there are people that don't give because they're fearful and they're being led by fear. There are people because they're fearful about money that are driven by money. The world is driven by materialism and by fear Connected to, you know, not having enough. You understand what I mean by that? You have not received a spirit of bondage. You know what bondage is? It, 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 it's wrapped around this thing about becoming a slave to something. And people can be a slave to fear. And fear is the master and not the Holy Spirit. Anxiety, worry can become the master to the point where it can make you sick. You haven't received that. You're, you're being led by the wrong thing. That's just an example. Now we get to the good part. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage Bondage again to fear. 
I left fear when I found Jesus. The scripture tells me, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. I feel sorry for young people today. And the pressure that's on you, those of you who don't have property, because of what's happened in our market, and there is a real fear in the hearts of many young people that they will never have something. And they're listening to the wrong voice, because I want to tell you, it doesn't matter about the economic climate, because God's kingdom is different. All right, for us people, you know, we create, we've created a bit of wealth. But you know, don't let fear make you a slave because you're not meant to be. It's a wrong voice. It says this. Those that are led by the Spirit... For as many as are led by the Spirit, can I get about another five minutes, seven minutes? Can I have an amen? I might make it ten. No, no, no. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. See, as many who as are led by the Spirit are the sons of God. So that must mean there are some that aren't the sons of God. And it is strongly connected that if you are a son of God or want to live life as a son or a daughter of God, because that word son means basically uh, descendant or, or you know, child of. So the thing that differentiates one group of people and another is a son of God or someone living as a son of God is someone who is led by the Spirit. Now, friend, you can be a Christian. You can come to church every Sunday, but you can live a life where you are not led by the Spirit. And therefore, because you're not led by the Spirit, that means you're not going to inherit the promises of what a son of God gets. That means that you are not going to live under that throneship and that fathership of God. Led by the Spirit. So, you know, let's think. Is it not better to be led by the Spirit? Led by the Spirit. If I am a son of God, it means there is an inheritance that is mine because I am the Son of God. As in, you know, and I'm not the Son of God, but because the Holy Spirit is leading me, So here's the thing. Where is he leading you? He's leading you to what it means to be a son or a daughter of God. When you follow it, he's leading you to live life not as a pauper, not as someone who is alone by themselves, not by someone who is trapped by only what they can do. Rather, you begin to live a life and become an inheritor of what God has for you because you're led by the Holy Spirit because that's where the Holy Spirit leads you. Bruce, you're getting freaked out, I know. But I mean, that's something to be excited about. That's something that we should never forget that he lives in us to lead us somewhere and away from something. Jesus said this, and this is my kapow, home run. Because you've got to have a home run. Otherwise you lose. Real interesting, because I've never really thought about this before. John 16, 13. No, that's not the one. I'm right down at the bottom of my notes. John 14, 12. 
really, again, Jesus has done a whole lot of cool stuff. And they were going, well, Jesus, look what you've done. Whew. And then Jesus says this. He says, uh, verily, truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these. But notice the last bit. Because I go to be with the Father. Why did he go to be with the Father? Friend, the scripture is clear. He went to be with the Father in order for the Holy Spirit to come. He said, I've got to go to the Father because otherwise the Holy Spirit won't come. So the Holy Spirit is connected immensely to greater works, to not only doing what Jesus did, but to do greater works. So he's living in you, he's dwelling in you, he wants to communicate with you, to lead you from where you are, to in fact, my friends, greater works. Our church and the future of this church desperately needs to be connected to how God leads us because we need to be a group of people who are going beyond where we are to live this thing called greater works. You know what the word works means there? Now, yes, it can mean miracles, of course, yes. But the word works there actually means good deeds. So think about it. He's leading us to do greater good works than what Jesus did. And they were pretty big. Greater things. I want to inspire you, and whether or not you take this on board for your life, this is your call. But if you, like never before, become a person who is is listening and communicating, and not led by fear, not led by your lack, not led by what you can't do, not led by your own abilities, because sometimes that's the trouble with church. We follow our own abilities. And we've followed the pattern of what we've always done. It's not time for what we've always done because if we don't change, we'll only keep getting the same result. Amen? God wants to lead us through his Holy Spirit in a group setting, because remember, he he can speak to us all together about the same stuff, but also as individually to having a greater impact in the community that we live in and the world that we live in. And this is not just with miracles. Terry and I got to see some miracles. We saw a mute person speak. We saw a little child that had never spoken speak because we prayed. We saw a man who had never heard hear. So that's cool, but that's not just it. He wants us to be a church that has a greater capacity to love the world around us. That we become a church that cares more than we ever have about those around us that are in need. That we care even more about those that don't know Jesus yet. That we care even more about the direction of where our children are. That we can't become greater parents. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not just like trapped boy and miracles are amazing, but greatness And greater impact in changing the world is that we need to be a church who are communing and communicating with him. I'll finish with this. You know, you know what control is? It's on Maxwell Smart. Have you seen it? You know Maxwell Smart? Chaos and control. If you're you're too young, uh, young for that, you're lost. 
lot of people won't let go because of a thing called control. A lot of leaders won't let go because of a thing called control. A lot of people won't let go of controlling their lives because they want to control the outcome. And often that control can be strongly connected to fear. Fear of letting go. So what am I saying to us? I'm saying to us, stop listening to the wrong voice. You stop listening to the wrong voice. Determine in your heart, and let us as a church determine in our hearts that we will be a people who listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And let us be a a group of people who allow him and let go of control to lead us to this wonderful thing called greater works, that we will become greater channels of good to this world. Hallelujah! That's not good enough. No, 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 stop, stop, stop. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. Father, you, you know, we're your sons and your daughters, and you know it, and we're dumb enough to forget it. Forgive us for not knowing who dwells in us. Father, forgive us for not listening to the voice that dwells within us that leads to the wonder of life. Put a determination, we cry, in us to be those who would be known as the sons and daughters of God. We need you, Holy Spirit. We need you, Holy Spirit. And you're already with us. Hallelujah. I pray for those that are here this morning that may not yet know you and are listening through the stream. Lord, reveal yourself to them. Let them let go of control and trust you. Let us trust you, God. In Jesus' name, amen.